never liked saying the word gut. I prefer to talk about my belly or fupa. Did y'all know what a fupa was? Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whatever time you are listening to this, welcome. Welcome back to Pearls and Cucumbers, the podcast. I'm your host, Asha Pearl, and I don't know if you can tell, but I'm literally laying down doing this today. (laughs) Um, So I'm actually recording this the morning that this podcast will be released. I was not in the best mindset last night and not like I was last week where I was panicking and freaking out and overwhelmed. It just, you know, a lot of the topics weren't coming to me naturally. I had a lot of ideas. I did a lot of research and nothing seemed to flow the way I wanted it to flow. So today we're just going to sort of go with the flow. I did a little bit of research on a vague idea of what I wanted to talk about and now we're just going to see sort of where it leads us. <laughs> but before we get into it, let's do a quick recap of last week's episode. Jersey Shore brought me back. I had a panic attack last week. It was a little overwhelming and I couldn't record my episode uh, the Tuesday before. I usually do. I couldn't go to Ari's house and, you know, work on our podcast as well. There were just a lot of things that were going on, going through my mind. And the only thing that seemed to sort of bring me back to a calm state of mind was Jersey Shore, surprisingly. All those chaotic fights and nights at Kama, that sort of calmed my mind. It was a nice distraction. And the main takeaway from last week's episode is whatever brings you back, whatever gets you back to the state of mind that makes you calm, that makes you happy, that lessens your anxiety, that makes your depression not seem so overwhelming, do what you gotta do. Whether that's Jersey Shore, whether that's burning sage, burning a candle, smoking some weed, whatever you gotta do to bring you back, as long as it doesn't hurt people, do it and don't let people make you feel bad for it. This week's episode, we're gonna be talking about our bellies, our stomachs, our gut, And, you know, there is a lot of research now that has to do with the correlation between gut health and mental health. But I wanted to sort of take it in a different direction. I have a couple articles that I wanted to reference, actually. So one of them is from Refinery29, which I really love their Instagram. Um, You should follow them on Instagram. There's a lot of um, Black creators and Black artists on there and They have a lot of things to share that really, you know, help me through my day. So I went on their website and I actually looked up this one article. It's five small changes to improve your gut health. So I'll share with you that or with my with you guys, I'll share that I often have um, pretty bad stomach problems, something that I never really keyed into or paid much attention to because I was just like, oh, you know, whatever. My stomach hurts a little bit. Keep it moving. A lot of it was, you know, I always thought like, okay, well, I'm about to get my period. And I, whenever I, you know, my menstrual cycle comes back up, it's, I have really, really bad cramps. 
and I just, you know, associated any type of like stomach problems with like my really bad cramps, which, you know, is ridiculous when I'm like two weeks removed from my period. So, you know, I'm getting older later on down the line, you know, I, my, my job requires me to move a lot. It's like a late at night job. And then when I'm working from home, it's, you know, I'm, I I don't always have food in my house. So I tend to order a lot. You know, Uber Eats is so accessible to us. DoorDash, Grubhub, all those things, Postmates, you can order whatever you want, whenever you want. There's this one place I order from all the time, or I used to, is Magic Grill. And Magic Grill is a Mongolian uh, noodle, like stir fry place. And it's funny because I used to go there all the time when I was in high school. And then I stopped because, you know, I wasn't in high school anymore and I didn't have the friends, you know, around me that wanted to go all the time, except for like my one friend, Sam, we would go every once in a while. Shout out to Sam Myers. And, um, once they were on Uber Eats, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a game changer. So I was ordering uh, magic girl literally every week. And it's not definitely not the healthiest thing. I would jam pack it with like veggies. I would have like bok choy and broccoli and mushrooms and all those things but really essentially there's just like tons of oils and salt that go into this noodle dish and it sort of negates the fact that you have all these vegetables in it and I was wondering oh man why am I waking up like every Friday or whatever like feeling gross and like nauseous and things like that and I realized oh it's probably because I'm eating like a spoonful of freaking oil and fried foods or whatever like every week of course I'm waking up feeling like crap but you know it still didn't occur to me it still didn't like nothing clicked for me that I was like okay maybe I shouldn't be eating these fried foods or eating this greasy food like every week so you know later on down the line I started smoking a little bit more started being more consistent with my cannabis intake it um you know it can go either way for me some days i smoke and I feel really, really calm. Other days I smoke a little bit too much. I might be getting a little paranoid. So, you know, I'm still trying to feel out, you know, my potheadness. <laughs> but, you know, when I'm home alone and I start to smoke and I smoke a little bit too much and I'm writing or watching TV or whatever, all of a sudden this awful idea clicks on my mind. Hey, let me eat a whole bag of cookies. So that sort of changed (laughs) that that sort of changed the way I ate one of these times where I had a bag of cookies because I literally my stomach was like oh a bag of cookies you're wilding threw it up another night I was like hey you know what I'm high I'm chilling let me order Taco Bell at midnight awful idea immediately threw it up and I don't know why it took several times of me (laughs) not being able to keep my food down to realize, oh, maybe I should be more aware of what I'm putting in my stomach. Maybe I should be more conscious of how my body's feeling and the limits my body could take. And it doesn't have necessarily do with age. It's just, it, it could, but it's also, you know, as at a certain point in your life, you got to really listen to your body and not just, 
you know, I'm not 16 anymore where it's like, I'm going to have a monster and then I'm going to have Chinese food and then I'm going to have 17 cookies and then I'm going to have a bowl of cereal and then I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to start my day with ginger ale. Like, it's like, you know, you can't do that anymore. We're not, you know, we're not, unless you're a teenager, I still don't advise doing that. You should sort of start at a young age, how you want to live the rest of your life, how, you know, start those habits when you're young. Start eating more of like a variety of vegetables, things of that nature. So anyway, that's just a little backstory on why I began um, getting more aware or bringing into my awareness, you know, the the struggles I've had with my stomach, with my gut. And I've done a little research on, you know, how to improve your gut health. So this Refinery29.com article by Melanie White. This was made in December 22nd, 2021. Five small changes to improve your gut health. So a couple of the key things that she says in this article, keep a diverse diet. So I tend to eat a lot of broccoli, um, cauliflower, kale. Those are like my three probably top vegetables is kale, cauliflower, and broccoli. And they basically talk about, you know, it's it's fine if you want to have, you know, vegetables every night, but it should be a variety of vegetables. So literally the article says, if you're only eating broccoli, you aren't receiving a wide variety of digestive proteins. I eat tons of broccoli. And it seems like, you know, at a lot of restaurants, that's also the, the, I guess, staple vegetable, unless it's like, you know, a a vegetable based restaurant. A lot of places will have like a side of broccoli, not necessarily a side of mixed vegetables, but just, you know, a side of broccoli. The restaurant I work at, they have like a side of asparagus that you can put with your um, huge 22 ounce <laughs> cut of meat, cut of steak. But I've been sort of exploring more vegetables, a variety of vegetables that I can try. You know, when you sort of stick to the same places, you sort of stick to the same routine. So it's like, okay, I know that when I go to ShopRite, they're going to have the huge bag of broccoli for $3.00. So I might as well get that and I can have broccoli throughout the week. Well, maybe I should branch out. Maybe go to Whole Foods. Maybe go to Acne. Go to different places and see what kind of vegetables that they provide as well. You know, so that's when I started eating more kale. Not just kale chips. Like I'll put kale in my salad. I'll saute some kale. I'll make a pasta vajoule. So I'll have kale in that. You know, explore different kinds of food. And different ways to prepare it. You know, we don't always want to have just steamed broccoli. We don't always just want to have like baked kale. We don't always want to have just like roasted cauliflower. You know, like there's different ways to prepare the food. And actually one of the best books I ever got, cookbooks, was uh, The Thug Kitchen. Which is, (laughs) it's so silly. It's literally a cookbook, a vegan cookbook that curses at you. So one of my favorite dishes to prepare is called Warm the Fuck Up Minestrone. That's literally literally what it's called in the book and you can even google it like they show pictures of it and everything and it's actually a very very good soup it's kind of like a it's it's a minestrone it's like a vegetable stew my suggestion if you decide to make it don't add the pasta unless you want to add it later because if you because it's a big portion that the recipe calls for and if you save it unless you're serving it like the whole thing that night if you save it the pasta is going to absorb all the soup and then it's going to be just sort of like a mushy mess unless you like that but i don't i like my soupy soup to be soupy 
So um, going on in this article, one of the things that they suggest for su- suggest, excuse me, for gut health is also to chew your food well, really well. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie called Clueless. Oops, um, one of my favorite movies of all time. There's a a little scene, and it's not you know I I can't even really remember where where like in between what scenes it was but there's a scene it's 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 not you have to really be paying attention to what they're talking about to know what's going on but basically it's Cher and Dion the two two of the main characters in the movie and they're sitting down at lunch and (laughs) she's explained Cher is like cutting up like a very small piece of food I don't even know what it was but she's explaining that when she cuts it up really small like this and eats it like that that she loses weight it's obviously a ridiculous scene but there is a little bit of you know truth in that so it was kind of funny when I read this part it says chew your food really well the article says, how many times do you chew each bite of food? Dr. Rossi says you should be aiming for 20 to 30 chews per bite. Isn't that a wild thing? Imagine like eating a burger, right? And you're just like counting how many times you're chewing it. No one does that. No one's sitting there and chewing their food, but, or thinking about how they chew your food, but maybe you should. The whole thing, one of the main takeaways from my mental wellness journey in particular is that I need to be more aware and more intentional of every move I make, right? So a lot of things, you know, when we talk about these broad subjects like generational trauma and, you know, instincts and the id and all those things, when we just react and we just do, we never really step back and understand why we're doing those things. So like, you know, Why did, you know, silly subject, why did I react so strongly to my friend posting a girl that I don't like? Why did I, you know, cry when I saw my boyfriend talking to another girl? You know, things like that, you know, instead of just reacting and basing your life off of your reactions, why don't you take a step back and understand why you feel that way? So it's the same thing with eating. It's the same thing with your intake of food. You know, why was my 3am reaction like, hey, you know what, Taco Bell right now, perfect idea. It's not a perfect idea. There's no, I don't even eat Taco Bell like that. Why am I ordering five tacos and a quesadilla and a, and a crunch wrap? Because I'm like, hi, that makes no sense. You know, you really got to be aware of what you're doing. So even chewing your food, even every bite. And I'm not saying to like um, psychoanalyze and micromanage every single move you make and every single thing you do. But so often we're just, especially for me, right? I work at a restaurant. There's times where I'm on my feet for between like, let's say seven to 10 hours a day. You know, I haven't worked like a double in a while. So like, but imagine working a double, working like a 14 hour shift and you don't get a break. You're just like literally running around constantly. When are you going to have time to eat? Oh, you can order something real quick, eat in the back and then keep it moving. You still got tables. You still got stuff to do. If you're a teacher, you know, you have like, listen, I remember I only had like 30 minute lunch, 20 minute lunch. It's ridiculous. You have a very, very quick lunch, scarf down your food and keep it moving. Your food doesn't digest that way. 
you really, and it's not even necessarily about completely enjoying your food. You, you would hope that you do. You want to like the things that you're eating. That makes it more bearable. No one wants to sit there and chew on a piece of lettuce and like hate every minute of it. You want to enjoy your food, but you also want to be intentional about the intake of your food. So I can't tell you how many times I've had, I've, I've literally felt like a lump of food just moving down my chest into my belly because I didn't chew it all the way because I was literally in panic mode. I was like, I have to literally take this fuel in real quick and keep it moving. That doesn't, that's not good for your gut. That's not good for your, that's not good for anybody. So another thing that the article says is support two-way communication between your gut and your brain. Did you know that your digestive system is directly connected to your brain? I didn't know that. I actually, the idea of this episode actually came from a comment that happened on my favorite podcast, The Friend Zone, where Fran was saying that gut health is directly associated with mental health and your brain and things like that. So that's why I sort of delve more into the research of it. But uh, the article goes on to say that a way to combat gut-related symptoms is by incorporating relaxation techniques into your routine. Dr. Rossi says one way to do this is through belly breathing, also known as diaphragmic breathing, a technique that allows your breath to travel deep into your diaphragm. I actually have, and you can hear me like ruffling around in my bed, (laughs) I actually have a book that when I uh, switched jobs, one of my good friends, Han, shout out to Han and Ativa, um, he gave me, it's called How to Breathe, 25 Simple Practices for Calm and Joy Resilience by Ashley Meese. So I haven't really read a lot of it, but, you know, sometimes I'll flip through book, through the book and look at different, um, different, different quotes they say in it, different practices. So I'll actually read a passage from this. It, it's, um page 76, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) not all the pages are numbered, (laughs) but gratitude lying down for five minutes. The practice, find a comfortable position lying down, set your intention, breathe in and out through the nose for a minute to settle in. When ready, take a long, gentle breath through the nose. On your exhale, say one thing out loud that you are grateful for. Repeat this practice for several minutes until you leave, until you have exhausted your list. Rest for a minute, close your practice, journal. I journal all the time, but I actually really love this because it's not necessarily like a, you know, A to B, read the entire book. You can sort of flip through it and find exactly what you're looking for. It's good to read the whole thing, but, you know, there's a lot of practices in here. There's a lot of, you know, different ways to sort of calm your mind and different ways to understand your body and breathe and set your intentions and things like that. So I would definitely suggest uh, How to Breathe by Ashley Neese. Um, Again, thank you for this book. It definitely changed my life. And, you know, this article sort of made me bring the book back up. So, also another thing to bring into your awareness. But um, last but not least, this is actually my own personal thing that I do for my gut. I drink kombucha. Drink kombucha. It is not for everybody. I get it. It's not the best tasting thing all of the time. You can find ones that taste really good. So the brand that I get is Health Aid, and there's so many different flavors. There's 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 even ones that are like aimed to you know combat certain things. So there's one for 
relaxation there and it has lavender in it there's one for hydration there's um there's one for energy there's one for sleep because a lot of times there's caffeine in it so like some of them are caffeine free but it's a probiotic tea it's a fermented tea so literally it's meant to balance the chemicals and balance the bacteria in your belly and your gut and once I mean, let's let's just say it like it is. If you feel good, you'll be good. If you if your if your body feels better, if your stomach feels better, if there's no pain or no discomfort in your body, there's really less things to complain about. <laughs> there's less things to sort of be upset about. It's like when you wake up and you stretch, right? You wake up, you stretch, you drink some water, you make yourself a cup of coffee, you make yourself a good little breakfast, you know, and then you drink some kombucha. It's like, wow, my body actually feels good. I feel energized. I don't feel tired. I don't feel like I'm dragging. And that already makes you feel better for the rest of the day. I just, I think that obviously mental health is super, super important. Physical health is also super, super important. If you invest time in your body and what you're putting into your body and how you're treating your body, it's going to translate into other aspects of your life. Something that Lamar is always pushing for me is to work out. Not because he doesn't like the way I look, not because he thinks that I need to lose weight, nothing like that. It's just something that he's always suggested for me to feel better about myself because I you know, in the past, I've tend to spend, spend a lot of time laying down, sleeping, you know, when I have nothing to do, when I'm bored or whatever the case may be. Even if I have stuff to do, I just tend to lay down because I don't, I don't have the energy. I don't feel like doing things. Since setting an alarm in the morning, waking up, stretching, trying to do, even if it's like a quick little workout, even if it's like a couple squats, a couple crunches, a, a, a good, you know, long stretch, whatever the case may be, that has already improved my mental health. Doing things for yourself, having that time to yourself, feeling better about yourself, that's priceless. I, I highly, highly suggest waking up, setting a routine for yourself in the morning, breathing, stretching, and really focusing on what you're putting into your body, what you're allowing into your awareness, because that's just going to spill into every aspect of your life and truly, truly improve your mental health. And that's all I'm trying to do here is improve your mental wellness. <laughs> it's time to put the cucumbers on our eyes, y'all. It's the wellness segment. <laughs> so in the, you know, the main segment, main topic I've already talked about, the book, How to Breathe by Ashley Neese, but I wanted to actually make it a wellness segment and point out how great this book really is. Um, I definitely got it. It was like a Christmas slash going away present. Again, shout out to Han for this. This is like an amazing, an amazing book, but I actually, for the first time, really looked through it and really understood, like, I guess the point of it, and I really understood what they were trying to, like the intentions that they were trying to get across in this book. And I read a passage from it 
Um, but I also wanted to suggest it again. And, you know, this is going to be very, very quick on this segment. How to Breathe, 25 Simple Practices for Calm, Joy, and Resilience by Ashley Neese. That's um, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, Neese, N-E-E-S-E. And the book is called How to Breathe. Definitely look into it. Um, you know, it's probably on Amazon. I didn't look, but it probably is on Amazon. Um, but it's, you know, there's 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 passages for grounding yourself, which, you know, I need that all the time. They tell you exactly like, you know, the, the, the grounding exercise that says sit uh, seated in a chair, feet on the floor. And it's like a five to 10 minute practice. They talk about, you know, breath and anxiety, breath and trauma. They have poems in here. They have examples of things in here. They say the best way to breathe when you're laying down, when you're feeling anxious, when you're sitting down, you know, breathing for cleansing, for connection, for dreaming, for energy, all of these things, focus, forgiveness. And like they have all these different practices. And I think it's just a really, really amazing and informative book. And I think we underestimate the power of breathing you know, we do it. We have to do it. We have to do it to live clearly. But I think that, you know, sometimes I'm sitting in the car and I just all of a sudden get very anxious focusing on my breath. And I'm like, oh my gosh, have I ever actually taken a full breath? Am I okay right now? And now that, you know, I, I, I smoke weed, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I definitely am more aware of my breath. I, definitely want to make sure that, you know, I'm not affecting my lungs when I smoke. So this book has definitely brought more into my awareness, you know, how I'm breathing and, you know, all that, all that in a bag of chips. So look into it. <laughs> it's time. It's time to close out the episode. Mm-hmm. I never liked saying the word gut. I prefer to talk about my belly or fupa. Did y'all know what a fupa was? 